Greetings, everybody. This is a Travel Addict podcast where you can hear candid stories and discussions about business and adventure travel from around the world with activities such as trekking, diving, camping, driving, cruising, and just plain chilling out somewhere. We talk about lots of experiences in places all over the world, including the grand, the remote, the edgy, the risque, and ones of questionable merit. Education, fulfillment, and wonder enrich our lives. And of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Stay tuned. Good morning. Hello, everybody. My name is Malcolm Teasdale, commonly known as The Travel Addict. Hope you're all well. This morning, or I should say good afternoon or good evening, it is in Great Britain right now, is where I find Mm. Alex Emery, he's got a quite a varied life, interesting life, I may add, and we're going to find out a bit more about what he does uh, for a living. Now, hi, Alex. Can you hear me? Good morning. Good afternoon. Yeah, mate. I've got you. I'm very good. How are you doing, mate? Not too bad under the circumstances, COVID aside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, we'll be able to get out one day. Anyway, good to be with you. Fingers crossed. Friday. It's Friday evening. Oh, the pubs are still shut there, so you can't even go down the pub after we finished here, I don't think. Thanks for joining me. So, firstly, I know you run a, a YouTube channel. Let's talk about that first. It's called Travel Talks. And you obviously talk about travel, but tell me a little bit about it because I don't, I'm looking at some of the guests on your channel here, but describe to everyone listening here what you actually do. So somebody might want to tune in and uh, listen to uh, your chit chats here. Yeah. So essentially Travel Talks, uh, whilst we have a YouTube channel, it's primarily a podcast. Um, It's a project which I started in October last year, basically to have a kind of uh, somewhere to fuel uh, my passion uh, for travel to allow me somewhere to talk about it essentially. And obviously in lockdown, we've got so much time on our hands. I needed yeah. something productive to do. So I wasn't just wasting time watching television or doing something, uh, yes, yeah, so, uh, which wasn't as productive. So I created Travel Talks, which is essentially an hour long podcast um, where I speak to different people, both inside the travel industry and also entertainment, sport, all these various industries. Very interesting people who, of course, travel has played a massive role in their lives at some point. And I like to uncover the stories which they don't usually tell. So you've, I've had guests like Laura Woods from Sky Sports, Tubes from Soccer AM, some good big names, and they do thousands of interviews. So I basically want to uncover the things which they haven't told the press in the past um, and try and basically find out the role travellers played in their lives and how it's basically shaped them to the person they are today. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So it's a good show. I'm going to listen to a couple of your episodes Um I can say when I've got time, Thank I you. actually have plenty of time because I'm not going anywhere. So uh, maybe uh, <laughs> next week I'll tune in to your channel and take a listen. Now, I know that you work for Sky Sports over in the UK, mm. right? And you are, I'm not sure if you're a producer or assistant producer, what, what do you do there? Because I'm intrigued by that. Yes. But you travel to places to cover sports, I'm assuming. So explain that. So yeah, so my role is I, <laughs> I'm a senior assistant producer for Sky Sports and I've been working for Sky Sports for about seven years now. And in my career so far at Sky, I've kind of progressed to 
producing a lot of shoots where I get to, or pre-COVID at least, let's pretend COVID doesn't exist. I used to go to uh, various different places around the country primarily to meet footballers and produce shoots where we would interview them and kind of see a different side to them essentially not ask the generic questions which they get uh, faced in the media all the time we want to uncover who they are as people uh, so yeah tra- travel has been a massive role in my working career thankfully and I'm sure we'll get onto it but I've done various trips abroad and stuff through Sky you're a fan of football mm. Mm. okay massive fan yeah yeah well I'm, I'm going to ask you about that I mean Premier League is televised over here, which is great for me. No yeah. no matches today, but over the weekend, it's almost on every day of the week now, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but you covered, what I'm believing, uh, Euro 2016, is that right? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. And that was that was where? The France, right? That was in France, yeah. That was, without doubt, the highlight of my working career so far. It was, I think back and back to those memories and sometimes just pinch myself because it doesn't sound like work. But essentially, I, I was working for uh, Soccer AM, which is a big sports program in the UK. Yeah. And uh, kind of, we were producing their online content and the process of that and what get, got us to the point where we went to France. We, we were creating a lot of Facebook Lives. Uh, so back in 2016, Facebook Live was a big form of media. Uh, not so much nowadays. But we would go to France, basically travel around the whole country, yeah, go to great. different fan parks, interview different fans, different uh, sets of fans and do different games and all these kind of things. And we would essentially, our role was just to be in amongst the chaos that was happening. And that was incredible. And obviously it was a lot of hard work, a lot of editing on uh, buses and um, on the go and then staying up so late and trying to turn out an edit before it was completely irrelevant the next day if that country got knocked out of the tournament, for example. But it was fantastic, and I hope that sometime in my career I'll be able to do something similar again. I'm trying to cast my mind back, because it was covered over here as well. Is that the year Portugal, wasn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. I'm surprised I remembered that. Yes. Anyway, (laughs) well, they're a good team. It's about England's time to win something, I guess, but we'll, we'll see about that. Because I live in America, obviously, we have a different version of football over here, as you can imagine, mm. American football. Mm. Um, so I've had many a discussion about the real football and American football, as you can imagine, all right? Mm. But, mm. of course, the USA have their own soccer team. But the women's soccer team are the best in the world right now here. And they, yeah. they just beat, beat Brazil the other day. But you, you've met some footballers. I'm going to ask you about that. But, mm. you know, I, I grew up on rugby and football. But my best friend over in the United Kingdom, he left school early to become a professional footballer for Leighton Orient. They pulled him okay. out of school at the age of 16. And he played pro football. But he's obviously since retired now. And I watched the soccer today and gives your honest opinion about this. I'm not too happy about the uh, video action replay machine. And I don't know what you mm. think of that, but bothers me a little bit, but probably concerns me a little bit more the behavior of some of the players right now, the play acting and all that stuff. Does yeah. that bother you now? I'm, I'm old school and I look at this because it's something we didn't see during my era, but now it's a lot of it's with play acting. And uh, mm. what do you think about that? Or am I imagining it? No, it does. It's it's horrible. I I hate I hate that it's part of the game, but also I'm a realist and understand that basically the game's been built to the point where you have to do it to basically win. So if 
if you get, I saw it the other day, actually, Sadio Mane went through a goal and was pushed and basically could have gone down to win a penalty. And the commentary was like, oh, what a great heroic act. He stayed on his feet. If he'd have gone down, he'd have won a penalty. But equally, if you're Jurgen Klopp and your side loses by one goal and Sadio Mane could have just fallen to the floor, was hit with enough enough contact that he could have won a penalty, but he didn't because he was trying to be honourable. Equally, you've got to win games of football. So I don't like it, but the way the game's been built and the rules that are in place at the moment people do it and I, I if i was a footballer i would be doing it as well yeah it's it's sometimes tough to watch i'm on twitter and i, I follow the premier league and i remember doing a tweet one day and i copied some of the uh, the commentators that occasionally appear on uh, the soccer channels and just to be interviewed or give their opinion and i said gentlemen isn't about time someone created the big baby 11 i've got one <laughs> and <laughs> and it, it was received with some acknowledgement, by the way. It's yet to be done. And I really want to do that. They get, I don't know if you can <laughs> that. I just want to create the big baby 11. You know who they are, right? And you just know yeah. you, you want to do it. I was going to share that with my my friends, actually. So I, I might yet yeah, do that. But the pro <laughs> soccer player I was on about, yeah, he won't even watch football today because of that. You know, this really, yeah, I know. He's really, he said, just, oh, he, he can't take it anymore, which is, which is sad. But saying that, even today, um, there's a lot of great footballers around. I'm a fan of Mohamed Salah. Mm. Who's your Who's your favourites today? Uh, favourite in terms of to watch them play? Yeah. I I absolutely love Kevin De Bruyne. And I feel like he's an absolute artist. Yeah. He's the closest thing you've got to a conductor on a football pitch. He's yeah. a metronome, basically. He just keeps Manchester City ticking yeah. and his, his foot's like a wand. The way he can deliver passes, which no one else on the pitch could even think about, let alone produce. He's a fantastic footballer. But from people that I've met that I like, Hyung Min Son comes to mind. Okay. Lovely, lovely bloke. And also a fantastic footballer and just always underrated and not considered in the top tier of football for whatever reason. But he, his numbers this season has been fantastic. And he is a brilliant footballer and one that I like to watch. Mm-hmm. That's good. Oh, and you said you met some players. Like who, who, give me a couple of names of players you've actually met and talked to or interviewed. Uh, yeah, so we, we produce a, a, an interview every single week. So in the, in the days where I was traveling around, I would be interviewing, uh, not myself, but I'd be producing an interview with a footballer every single week. So I've, I've met a lot of footballers. Um, some of the bigger names would be Kevin De Bruyne. I was on a Zoom call with Mo Salah the other day. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I was cool. on a Zoom call with um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's, so many footballers. Um, but obviously, you, you meet them and it's, it's, it's like a half an hour interaction. It's not... It's not. I'm not. I'm not essentially friends with these people. But yeah, I've worked. I've had the privilege to working alongside some, some big name footballers, and it's one of the parts of my job I do enjoy the most. I would say. Yeah, excellent, excellent. It's funny because I just I was going to ask you because you did you covered Euro to 2016. Did you cover the World Cup in Russia at all? No, no. Basically, our content strategy changed a lot. So like I said before about Facebook Lives, Facebook Lives were where we were kind of focusing our attention. And to do a Facebook Live, you have to be in the heat of the moment. And it wouldn't make sense to do a Facebook Live from England. But by 2018, our content strategy changed so much that we were basically having everyone based in an office yeah. and then creating content from the office, whether that be 
uh, like graphics and highlights and archive footage and stuff like that. So it wasn't necessary for us to go, but that's why I, I hope that somehow the, the momentum shifts back to being in the heat of the moment because that's where the most fun is had, definitely. Yeah. I was in St. Petersburg a month before the World Cup started. And it's okay. a great city, by the way. And it was just warming up for it. There was a bit of a spat going on at the time between the Russia and the United States. So the government websites said, just don't go there. But I just ignored that. It was, mm. It's an unbelievable city. And uh, the people there were real nice and friendly. But that's cool. Now, travel. Let's talk about travel here. Because uh, obviously, we've both been confined for a while. And you've done quite mm. a lot of travel throughout Europe, I believe. Is that true? Yeah, I would say that that's the area of travel I've focused on most. And um, there are a lot of flaws or holes in in my uh, kind of list of countries which people uh, would expect me to have visited. I would say because of the fact that I host the podcast. But yeah, um, I have massive aspirations. But Europe is definitely the continent which I've covered a lot of, and also love as well. I absolutely love Europe. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to see. And, you know, it's funny because growing up, my parents used to take me to vacation spots in England, Western Supermare, you know, mm. the best beach in the world, but I was being complimentary. But, you know, growing up, <laughs> me and the buddies would just go to Spain and lounge on the beach there and all that. But there's a lot to see in Europe. I'm more interested now in some of the other places. And once I eventually can get out of here, I'm aiming to take a trip over to Europe. And I'm interested in going to, I don't know if you've been, you can advise me on this. Have you ever been to these three places, Ukraine, Belarus, or Slovenia? Uh, no, I've not actually been to any of those, to be honest. I like Eastern Europe. I absolutely, I absolutely love Eastern Europe, but I've not been to Ukraine or Belarus. Yeah, it's on my that, – that's really what I want to do because it's look, there's a lot of history there and quite a few things to do, but it's piqued my interest – I'm not a great fan of the country of Italy for whatever reason. I know people like to okay. flock there, but I'm not. I've been to Venice. I didn't really enjoy that because there's just too many people there. Oh, so yeah. yeah. I've got this on my horizon, you know, uh, the UK and uh, maybe uh, Bulgaria, something like that. Well, I just wondered mm. whether you went there because uh, it's a whole a bit of a different culture. But, you know, once you've conquered uh, your where else would you like to go? I mean, you've got a bucket. Everyone has bucket lists. Mine's getting longer oh, yeah. rather than shorter, you know, but my life on this planet is getting shorter rather than longer. So where would you like to be on your, where do you see yourself hmm. traveling to in the next few years, maybe? Yeah, in the next few years. So my girlfriend and I are going to go to Slovenia, like you mentioned. That's on the near on the near bucket list. Was one that we're going to tick off sooner rather than later. Um, let's forget that COVID even exists, yeah, and then just absolutely. dream the, as big as we can dream. I really want to go to Bhutan, and I've seen it on your website somewhere you've been. Is that correct? Yeah, Bhutan. Yeah. What's it like? Tell me what it's like. Well, it's locked down now. I was hoping to go back this year, but it's still locked down. When I first told people I was when well, I'm going to Bhutan, and they said, "What is that?" I said, "It's mm. a country, landlocked country. I've never heard of it." Okay, <laughs> but it's it's a very it's, you've got to get permission to go there. You can't just book a flight, and mm. the national airline is the only one that flies into there. By the way, you can't get BA and go in there or anything like that. It's forbidden. So they restrict the number of visitors each year. But it's a very spiritual uh, country. They are sort of moving towards a, the 21st century mentality, but at their own pace. The country hasn't changed for centuries. They've only had television since 1999, and they've got one escalator in the country. So picture that. However, mm. people are wonderful. 
they're happy. You know, um, wealth doesn't mm -hmm. equate to happiness, which is part of their their Buddhism um, religion, which is steeped in that. But if you go there, you've got to climb up to uh, an iconic building there, the Tiger's Nest Monastery. Nice. Yeah, it looks amazing. 10,360 10, feet up. And I did that. You can go up and down in one day, but you have to be back down before nightfall because you're going to get screwed mm. there. But it's uh, it's an extraordinary trek. So set your set your sights on doing that. And when I was there, it was a king's birthday when I was there. So I joined in that celebration with the locals, and it was just fantastic, fantastic experience. Something totally different. Mm. And what what I That's say amazing. to people is this, Alex, um, is that you you go on a vacation like this. I mean, today I could just go to, I live on a beach, so I'm fortunate, but we go to the beach with friends, family, have a few beers on the beach, enjoy it, and you have fun. But however, when you go to a place like this of something sort of off the beaten track, or that that sort of stuff stays with you, all right? You'll remember mm. it always, you know? Just take your video camera, take your mm. iPhone with you to take good, some good pics, but you'll remember it always. So add that to your list. Oh, it definitely is. It's right at the top. Uh, it's one of those which I know that I'm not necessarily going to, be able to do immediately and yeah like you say it's not it's not going to be easy to do in the sense that you can't just book a flight like you could do to any other country but it's it's right at the top of my bucket list and i know that it's something which i need to do at some point in my life yeah you've got time you're younger than me so i mean i, I mm -hmm. did it 2015 i think yeah 2015 so a few years mm -hmm. ago can fly out of Bangkok. It's a three-hour flight, and it stops in some place in India on the way. Then you're there, and you have to book it through a, a travel co company there. Who I use a company called the Travel Club. Still friends with those guys, yeah. and uh, they pick you up and make sure you're you're taken care of. It's uh, worthwhile, you know. So, but I'm a great fan of Asia. Um, there's for rich mm. cultural experiences. But anyway, you got lots of time. Lots of times to think about this this stuff, yeah, right? I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, so apart from that, where else you got your sights on? I really want to go to Uganda. So it's a place which I've not really um, been lured to before this year. But in the pandemic, I've spent a lot of time, like everyone has, kind of thinking about the priorities in life, what they want to do with their life. Um, it kind of makes everyone sit and hit that reset button because you have so much time just to think and mull over and spend in your own company. You kind of think, okay, when this when life returns to normal is the way I live my life going to change as a result of this? So I, I travel, like I've said, is, is right at the top of my priorities. And like you said, I'm young, so I can still uh, reach all the places I want to reach and hit all the goals which I want to achieve. But Uganda is one of the countries which I wouldn't have even considered prior to this shift in mentality. But yeah. through reading endless amounts of travel books in lockdown, I've yeah. just heard about the, the lure of Uganda and it, it's known as the Pearl of Africa. And I feel yeah. like Africa as a continent is is completely undiscovered by Westerners because of the fear of the unknown. And I can certainly say that like prior to this year, that that definitely related to me. I, Africa would be somewhere I would just disregard when thinking of booking a trip away. Yeah. Uh, but now I want to open my mind to that and kind of be a bit more, be a bit more, um, yeah, open to the idea of visiting somewhere, which yes, could be dangerous, but also will be completely different to anywhere that I've ever been in my entire life. Will give me loads of rich experiences and stuff which I won't be able to achieve in different yeah. areas of the world. So for example, I'd love to, I'd absolutely love to see some gorillas in the wild in Uganda. Yeah. And 
it's I, I feel like more than ever especially in the last year my mentality has shifted towards appreciating the world and the animals and the environment that is in it exactly it's, it's not going to be around forever especially the way that the human race is just absolutely demolishing the the planet we live on the the animals that surround us that we love and admire are simply not going to be there at the end of my lifetime so selfishly i want to see them in their natural habitat and appreciate the beauty that they are because like i say sadly they won't be around forever right so seeing gorillas in their natural habitat would be amazing and yeah there's, and there's, there's lots, lots of about you go to the sea i'm seeing the gorillas but i would love to do that i i consider rwanda as well you fly mm. to kigali and you have to go on a uh, sort of organized tool you can't do it yourself because they're, they're protected species so you can't just take off in the jungle you because you don't want to get lost anyway, but Uganda obviously is another place you can go to. I'm looking at, I've got an itinerary set up in September to go to a country in Africa, which is not too far away from where you want to go. It's Namibia, right? Yes. I spoke to someone the other day. I said, I'm considering Namibia, and they never heard of that. Well, it's got the world's mm. oldest desert and the highest sand dune in the world and this spectacular scenery. So look at that. If you're going to Uganda, you can take a trip mm. down to Namibia or Zanzibar on the other coast. So it's always something to look forward to there. Yeah, you, That's my theory. You're always going to have something to look forward to, especially under the yeah. environment we live in right now. So I've received my vaccine, but there's still restrictions, right? And I'm very cautious mm. about going anywhere right now. And all my, I got relatives and uh, my sister still lives in England. I'd love to go over there, but, you know, that's the world we live in right now. Just have mm. to be uh, ultra careful. It is what it is. But anyway, that's good to have ambitions to uh, to go to places that will never end because you're going to be, because you're interested in travel, I think, in a position, the more you do, the more you will want to do. It's not going to yeah. go away, right? <laughs> no, it's exciting. <laughs> Just got to find time to do it. And, mm. you know, but you're working. I mean, you, you've worked for Sky and you've got maybe less time to, to travel for on mm. personal trips, you know. And but that time will come when you can have more time and you can uh, and, and travel whenever you want. Basically, get out of town anytime you want. I was sick mm. of traveling. I went to I travel on business, but I was always going to the capital cities and business hubs, whatever. But I always missed out on going to the the more adventurous places off the beaten track. I don't know if you'll feel like me. The older I get, the more I want to be away from people. Like I don't want to be yeah. around. Crowds, you know, just make the most of what you can. So, all right. So, your bucket list items, no, no problem with that. And everyone should have one. Yeah. Funny, I spoke to a lady the other day. She would be a good uh, guest on uh, your talk show on podcast as well. Mm. Lisa, she did or has done uh, volunteer work in countries in, in the world, like poor areas in India, uh, Nicaragua and brazil right, in mm. poor areas but sort of dangerous areas as well and her story is quite um, inspiring actually so um if you're interested i can put sounds it on. good i'll give it a listen yeah it's uh it's i, I talked to her for quite some time i just wow you know it's a brave hmm. lady and she's probably i would say i want to be saying in the 30s but she's happy with that she's happy she <laughs> again it stays with you so anyway alex just curious mm. apart from your talk show podcast people can find you on youtube which is f fairly 
um, easy to do. Well, you've got send yeah. me the link anyway. But but what else? Where where else do you appear? Are you on Twitter and those places? Yeah. So primarily, uh, because of course this is in my own personal time, I I, I like to do things properly or not at all essentially um it's an attitude by sports and running these massive accounts i like to do things to a high level i i we've got an instagram account which i take a lot of pride in um and of course we're on all podcast platforms spotify apple podcasts anywhere that you get your podcasts hopefully we're there and if we're not there then message me because i will have done something wrong um yeah youtube hopefully you'll find us if you just search travel talks it should come up wherever you want it to yeah yeah. So, all right. So pe- people can find you. It's interesting. I'm looking forward to listen to a couple of, I've got all the, uh, the, the, the pictures on the screen here. I've read the, mm. uh, the titles of some of these. Yeah. I will have a listen to those Awesome. over the next, next few days. If I see something really interesting, I'll let you know because I, <laughs> nice one. Cause I wouldn't mind uh, if it's really good to invite one of your guests onto to my podcast, but we'll mm, see. Of course. Yes. We'll see about that. So this weekend, are you working for Sky for any of the games or? Anything? No, I'm not. I'm not this weekend. I've I've got a I've got a nice weekend off. Although at the moment, a weekend off kind of feels like a two day lunch break more oh, than well. an actual well, weekend off. <laughs> try and try and fill it with some plans. Yeah, well, you make make most. Of it. I don't know what you can do in uh, your neck of the woods there, but uh, my buddies over there is just whining with that they can't even go to the pub for a pint now. You know well, exactly. Is that going to change anytime soon? You think? Yeah, the, yeah. The road the roadmap's been released. Um, Boris Johnson has come out and said that by certain points, I believe, like the end of March, you'll be able to. Uh, there are obviously different rules, but meet up with a friend outside, and then by mid-April, you can meet up with six friends outside, and then by, I believe it's June the twenty-first, all lockdown restrictions are lifted. So June the 21st is the point in England. Everyone has their sights on at the moment and is only focusing on that date. And of course, you can't you can't get too confident anything's going to happen because the amount that the British government has told us is going to happen and then has not happened um, is astounding. But on the 21st of June, hopefully we'll get our lives back to the way that we know them. So fingers crossed. Let, let's say that happens. But as a Brit... Are there restrictions now in Europe that prevent you going anywhere? So at the moment, international travel in the UK is is banned, um, unless for ex- like extreme scenarios where you would need to go abroad. Yeah. Um, but it, but in April, international travel restrictions will open up, and then it will be dependent on the countries which you're going to. So I believe it will be how the government did it before in travel corridors. So basically, they they had certain countries which they said you're allowed to go here. When you get back, you won't have to quarantine. But if you want to go here, then you'll when you get back, you'll have to do a two week quarantine period. So I imagine that's how it will work when the international travel restrictions are lifted. And then of course it's dependent on that country letting you in without quarantining. So you for example. Yeah, you're gonna to have to have a test yeah. before you get on the plane. In fact, they're talking to here the airlines. Uh, you'll have to have uh, more Qantas are actually saying you've got to be vaccine to start off, and we're still going to test you. Next week I'm flying to North Carolina, mm. which will be the first flight I've taken in ages. This is two short flights. Because I'm flying Delta, what they have is they block the middle seats out of the plane. So there's okay, that's good. spaced on the plane. That seems a good thing. Two short flights, I think I'll be okay. Plus the fact that I've been vaccinated and mm. we don't expect people to have tests for going to North Carolina. If it was another state, then quite possibly, you know, mm. have this t- test and get the results in 72 hours. 
who the hell knows? Uh, but it was it was a tough year in 2020, and uh, hopefully it'll start getting better here. But it depends on people's behavior as well, you know. All right. Anything you got to say about travel you want to talk about, or uh, nothing that immediately comes to mind? <laughs> <laughs> well, hanging on in there with Sky, I wonder if you will get the opportunity to go to the World Cup in Qatar next year. Just curious. Mm. Yeah, I, I I think it's unlikely. But like I say, it's dependent on the company's content strategy around that time. You can never, you can never know really, because obviously I work in social media, which is such an ever-changing environment. Yeah. As soon as a new platform comes along, we have to adapt to that. And if a new platform comes along by 2022, and that requires you to, for example, be on location like it did in 2016, you never know. Hopefully, because I'd I'd love to involve travel in my work again. But yeah, you never know really. Yeah, uh, you never know. I meant to ask you this. What team do you sport over there? <laughs> I sport Reading, which is like the nearest oh, yeah. nearest town to where I live. Uh, so I, I like to support my local team, but it's caused me a lot of pain over the years. <laughs> uh, you sported the team that actually just beat my team, Coventry City, recently. Oh, really? Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a sad side. Coventry haven't even got their own stadium right now. So that's another story. Yeah. I follow that. Uh, it's just awful. Anyway, Alex, I wish you well in your career. And I uh, hope you. you can fulfill some ambitions there and get to all these places you want to go to. And more will be on your roadmap the older you get. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Just do it while you can, buddy. Do it while you yeah. can. Don't wait till you're too old or aged and laying there. They're getting ready to yank the plug from you. And you <laughs> regret. No, you do it while you can. And uh, that's the only advice I've got. And, uh, awesome. Anyway, thanks for coming I'll on. Take it. Appreciate it. Many thanks for joining me today. This is Malcolm Teasdale signing off. Before I do, please check out my website, MalcolmJTeasdale.com, for more information about my travels around the world. Okay, folks, talk to you later. Bye for now. Stay safe. 